0: Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Steven Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. If you're just heading into work or have to move on with your day somehow and you can't listen right now to the program, you can always go to iTunes or wherever it is that you download podcasts and subscribe and download Detroit Today. And that way you can listen to the program wherever or whenever you are ready. A little later in the show, we're going to have an extended conversation with David DiChiro, one of my favorite people here in Metro Detroit, the founder of the Michigan Opera Theater. He is in the last few weeks of the last year that he is going to lead the opera company, and the opera tonight, or actually tomorrow, debuts uh, their production of his opera, Cyrano. Uh, I talked to him about that opera. I talked to him about his career with the Michigan Opera. I talked to him about Detroit and creating music and all of these things. It's a really wonderful interview a little later in the show. We'll also hear from comedian Louie Anderson who is in town for a Make Your Date program uh, which combats preterm birth here in Detroit. That's tomorrow. At the Fillmore, Jake Neer, one of our producers here on Detroit Today, talked with him. We'll hear that interview as well. But first, this week, President Donald Trump fired FBI Director James Comey, the man in charge of leading the investigation of Trump's connection to Russian officials during the presidential campaign. The White House has given various accounts, uh, maybe multiple accounts, really, uh, and explanations for Comey's firing. But in an interview yesterday with NBC, Trump himself said the firing was his idea and that it was tied to his frustration with Comey leading the Russia investigation, something that White House officials sort of tried to contradict the day before. Former U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of Michigan, Barbara McQuaid, also part of a group of federal prosecutors that was let go by the Trump administration earlier this year, wrote an op-ed on this topic for The Washington Post this week. She wrote, quote, During my career as a prosecutor, I learned that independence is essential in law enforcement. The legitimacy of our justice system depends on public trust that criminal charges and investigations are based on a fair application of the law and not on a political agenda or ideology. Career prosecutors and investigators know that public trust matters, and consequently, they zealously safeguard not only their actual independence, but also the appearance of of independence. Barbara McQuaid is uh, joining us now to talk about her op-ed. Welcome to Detroit Today.
1: Thanks, Stephen. Good
0: morning. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's talk about this, this extraordinary firing, and, and I, I don't mean that in the political sense. I just mean in the historical sense. Uh, only one president in our history has ever fired the director of the FBI. Uh, that was when Bill Clinton fired William Sessions uh, in the first few days of his presidency. His concern was the integrity of uh, of that office, of William Sessions' behavior in that office. Here, uh, Donald Trump seems to be saying that he had the same kinds of concerns, but the backdrop here, I think, is a little different and makes it hard to believe the president uh, and, and what he says. I, I'm curious, uh, given your long tenure as a, uh, a member of uh, the Justice Department, uh, how extraordinary you thought it was to see the president just come out and say, I've, I've had it. This guy has to go with uh, with Director Comey.
1: Well, in light of all of the things that are going on, I was very, very surprised uh, to see him fired because we're in the midst of this Russia investigation. I think that if uh, President Trump had fired Director Comey, on the first day he came in office, or very shortly thereafter, that, you know, I've reviewed your conduct. I don't like the way you handled the Clinton email investigation, and uh, thank you for your service. Uh, I think that would have been one thing. Mm -hmm. But to wait several months, and as the Russia investigation is really heating up, I mean, don't forget it was just Monday that Sally Yates was uh, testifying before Congress, talking about uh, how Michael Flynn had become compromised the very next day. Comes the Comey firing. Uh, I think that is what is so concerning to all of us because it is so important that we have an FBI director and an FBI that is independent from the president. Yeah,
0: uh, one of the one of the things you point out in in your piece, of course, is the importance of that independence. Talk about how inside the Justice Department, inside places like the FBI, that independence plays out. I mean, I think uh, for for those of us who are on the outside, it does seem sometimes uh, as though it would be difficult to maintain that independence, given the control that the political infrastructure has over that Justice Department. How does that work sort of on a a daily basis?
1: Well, although the president appoints uh, the FBI director, certainly it, it is filled with career uh... fbi agents who are doing the work on the case and at the Justice Department and its component at the FBI, there are protocols for communicating with the White House. When I was U.S. attorney, I was not permitted to directly communicate with anyone at the White House. There is a White House liaison, and so if you wanted to make a request for an appearance or a meeting or something, it had to go through that person to make sure that there was no improper communication about any case matter. In fact, I have read that Director Comey declined to play basketball with President Obama because he didn't want to create the appearance that they were too chummy. Right. So people uh, pay very close attention to the rules uh, designed to prevent um, any kind of inappropriate interaction between the White House and the Justice Department.
0: And and yet we are reading in the newspapers these days about this meeting that took place between uh, Donald Trump when he was uh, first uh, getting used to being president and and Jim Comey, at which uh, Jim Comey says the president asked me for his loyalty, which uh, seems to really run uh, counter to to this independence you're talking about in 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 a much more garish way, perhaps, than even the firing of Jim Comey.
1: Yeah, I think this is where we see a real disconnect between the business world and the world of government. Uh, I think in business, it's probably quite common for uh, the, the leader of a business, the CEO, to hire people that he perceives to be loyal to him and to demand that loyalty. In government, the loyalty must be to the mission. And I think based on the report I saw that Jim Comey promised only trustworthiness and not loyalty. I remember when I first started as U.S. Attorney, President Obama invited all of the U.S. Attorneys uh, to the White House for a sort of ceremonial meeting and photo. Um, But he talked with us, and the thing he said, the most important thing I want you to remember is that your loyalty does not lie with me. It lies with the people and the Constitution of the United States. Never forget that. Um, And so I think that that's the principle that Jim Comey is applying. And I think it's a lesson that President Trump has not yet learned. Yeah.
0: Uh, This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Barbara McQuaid, former U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of Michigan. We are talking about uh, President Trump having fired FBI Director Jim Comey earlier this week. Uh, McQuaid wrote an op-ed in The Washington Post about that firing and about the importance of the independence of the Justice Department and agencies like the FBI, Uh, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. What do you think about the threat to uh, the Justice Department's independence that may be represented by the things that the president not only has done, but by the things he is saying, even some of the things that he's saying. This morning there was a tweet from the president saying that he thinks uh, Jim Comey better hope there are not tapes of uh, the conversations that he had with Donald Trump uh, seeming seeming to perhaps threaten uh, the former FBI director that uh, that somehow something might come out. These are extraordinary things that we're seeing from the chief executive of the United States. What do you think about those things? Three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. Again, is the number, uh, Barbara. I, I do want to uh, ask you also about uh, these things that the president has said, not just uh, about Jim Comey this morning, but also about Sally Yates uh, before her testimony earlier this week. He, he seemed to imply uh, that again that that there, that she had something to fear from. Uh, her appearance in front of uh, in front of Congress. This is extraordinary behavior. And and I, I know that as a as a former prosecutor, you see this kind of behavior sometimes uh, from from people who are involved in cases, but it's really unusual to see it coming from the president i mean these the, you know you get into the, the the concept of things like witness intimidation or obstruction uh if 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 a normal person were to be doing these things of course uh, the, the the president's immunity probably shields him from those things but it doesn't shield him from the idea that he's sort of i guess venturing into that space does it
1: no i one of the things that is um so painful to watch as Uh, a career prosecutor who loves the Department of Justice is, um, I I see this constant eroding of public trust in our institutions. And democracy really relies on these institutions to safeguard it. All of the things that are used to safeguard us against tyrants, a free press, an independent uh, justice department, uh, independent judiciary, Mm -hmm. open elections have all come under attack And with that, an erosion of public trust in those things. And so what do we have left? Um, You know, a a leader uh, in a country that only he can fix. So I really worry about this strategy. And I have to think that over there in Russia, they're cheering because they see the chaos that has been created uh, by their work. And I think this is exactly what they set out to do.
0: Yeah. What do you think the president could do at this point? to restore some of that confidence, what, what kind of – and sort of on the flip side of that question, what kind of person would take the job at this point with the assurance or, or having the assurance or hoping for the assurance that they could do an independent job? I mean, has he compromised that to the point where it almost seems impossible to get somebody who could do the job the way it's supposed to be done?
1: Well, first, I think you just have to communicate truthfully. The, the double speak is what is um, so undermining of credibility, right? So first, it's about I didn't like the way that Comey handled the Clinton email investigation. It was unfair to Hillary Clinton. I don't think anybody believed that based on all of the statements President Trump made throughout the campaign. And then later has admitted it was about I had the Russia thing on my mind when I fired him. And um, just say that, right? I mean, uh, people are going to see through. Uh, ulterior motives just if if that's those are the facts say so and take your lumps and move on um so i I think that that the truth eventually comes out and so just just say it at the outset
0: would that have could that amount to obstruction though for instance i mean i i thought it was extraordinary that he said that he said that that was on his mind given that if the investigation turns up wrongdoing, uh, that that it would look at least like obstruction on his part to try to, to try to thwart that investigation.
1: Well, if he said the purpose of firing him was to thwart the investigation, to obstruct her, to end it then yes, that would be problematic. I don't think that's what he said. I think he said it's a distraction and there's no merit to it. And I don't like him talking about it. And frankly, talking about investigations is not something that the FBI is supposed to do. So um, I think he could have characterized it in a way that's entirely appropriate. Um, but, you know, they've, they've been challenged in terms of their communication and messaging. And I think it undermines public trust, in uh, in what the White House is doing, and then ask your other question about who would take the job. I hope a good person will take the job, and I understand it is a hornet's nest, and I'm sure there are many people who would say I don't want anything to do with this administration. It is career suicide, and why would I get in there? But the kind of person that you would want for this job, I am hopeful would take it. Somebody who really cares deeply about our country, a great patriot, sure. someone who is truly independent, who has uh, a track record of experience within the FBI or uh, some other institution of government. I'm hopeful that there is somebody out there who is willing to take it on and to stand up um, to uh, to a president because that's what that job requires.
0: Yeah, uh, Let's go to Stephen in Royal Oak. Stephen, welcome to the show. Hi,
2: thanks. Yeah, go ahead. Um, you know, just a quick question. I mean, I know you all said it's career suicide sometimes for appointed position, you know, because they could potentially be fired. Um, but I think... You know, it wouldn't actually it wouldn't be a bad thing if people stood up to him even though they told Trump behind doors that they would you know be loyal but then when it comes down to it they actually uphold their position the way they're supposed to and they could think of the people first um, I think it would be I think it would be bad on Donald Trump in that, ma- that mindset to fire someone after he just appointed them if they stand up to him and say no and then if he kept doing that it would hurt him in the in the short term and in the long run to where you know, like, he really wouldn't have much say in the
0: end. Yeah, yeah. uh, Stephen, great thoughts there. Thanks very much for contributing this morning. Let's go to Rico in the Lansing area. Rico, welcome to
2: Detroit Today. Hi there. Yeah. I mean, I didn't vote for Trump, so I'm not like this big old Trump supporter. Uh But I mean, we have got to realize that even when you fire someone in life, that it's not just one thing that caused it. A lot of times it's multiple things. And so there's multiple angles to this. I mean, it's just like, I remember when Obama was in office. There's always something issue about race, left and right, and nitpicking. Then realizing what are we all doing right? You know, sometimes we we notice, notice the negativity than the positive.
0: So, so I, I guess are are you okay with the the various explanations we've heard about why he was fired, Rico? You're okay if if the president fired him because he was annoyed with the investigation into his own administration over the ties to Russia?
2: I think sometimes, I think yes, because I think partly how he he handled Hillary right the very last week um, of the election, I think he should have been fired because there was not an actual um, proof yet. While at the same time, how he's even been handling with public, I mean publicizing this whole Russia thing. Yeah. A lot of the stuff should be more private, yeah. and he's been a lot more flamboyant within the FBI investigation.
0: Yeah, uh, Rico, thanks very much for that for that call. Barbara McQuaid, do you think Jim Comey made mistakes uh, in, in terms of the way he handled uh, Hillary Clinton's emails, for instance, the way that I, I, we've I do. had leaks?
1: Um, You know, the Department of Justice policy says that you should neither confirm nor deny the existence of an investigation until charges are announced, but uh, you should do so if the matter has already received widespread public attention and it is necessary to reassure the public I'll give you an example of when we did that. We were investigating Takata relating to the airbags. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and we did announce that we were public, publicly that we were investigating that because so many people were calling for that. And it was well known that something was amiss. They were under investigation by NHTSA on the regulatory side. So uh, we didn't think it would unfairly besmirch them to announce that. We didn't think it would jeopardize the investigation to announce that. So after a very careful analysis, we decided to go public with that. So I think similarly announcing that there would be no charges filed against Hillary Clinton was appropriate. Where I thought he went too far was then uh, discussing, you know, he used words like extremely careless, and he sort of publicly scolded her. That part seemed gratuitous to me and unnecessary. And then the other part that I think I disagree with was in October when they discovered the additional emails and he wrote the letter yes. publicly saying we we have these and we're reopening the investigation. Um I think then so close to the election Um, was unnecessary, especially since he didn't know whether any of those emails would be of evidentiary value. And in fact, it turned out they didn't. And then just a few days before the election, I think three days before the election, you know, wrote another letter and said, never mind. We looked at him and there's nothing there. But the headlines were all about Clinton email bombshell. And so I I think so close to an election, there are other rules about that, about not taking action close to an election. Um, There wasn't really any news there. I think... You know, he. I've talked to him about it. I think he felt the need, because he'd been so public in saying, we're not going to charge her, he felt that in the interest of full disclosure, he needed to do that, because what if there was something in there and they didn't discover it until after the election she had been elected and the public said, you had this information and you sat on it after telling the public you weren't going to charge her back in July? So he was in a tough situation, although I disagree with his decision. I think um, it was... Uh, his best decision. He, he believes in it. He acted with good intention and not in politics. I don't think he was trying to cause one party or the other to win the election. I think it was his, his decision that he thought he sort of owed it uh, to transparency to announce this based on what he had done earlier. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Barbara McQuaid, former U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of Michigan. As always, it's a pleasure to have you here on Detroit Today. Thanks very much, Stephen. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Up next, uh, comedian Louie Anderson is coming to Detroit this weekend, but it's not to perform his routine. We'll hear why he's headed to Detroit next.